in an affluent society, you should have good health and good education, which we do have, and you should have good housing. It's, it's a basic need and a right of, of families in the island who, who are working, living here, and, and, and give, giving their contribution to, to the economy in the island. So everyone should have a home, frankly, and a lot of people in Jersey don't have a home. Michael Van Nest and you're listening to the Bellwit podcast. I am Elodie Rodoules. Michael has been at the head of the Jersey Homes Trust for the past 25 years and in this time he has seen many housing policy discussed, many reports published and many boards set up. Earlier this year the Housing Minister Deputy Russell Labby published his housing action plan which included proposals for right-sizing, tight controls on buy-to-let investors and a fair rent policy. But the plan left out housing trusts out of the misc, despite the Jersey Homes Trust providing just under a thousand homes since its creation. We spoke to Michael to discuss what role they can play in the supply of homes and what they need to succeed. To start off, Michael, I wanted to ask you how would you describe the current housing situation? We've heard in the State Assembly that earlier this year that one deputy was reluctant to describe it as a crisis. The current situation is really very serious. Uh, there's been a housing shortage in Jersey for many years and, and it's a chronic shortage that seems to be getting worse and um, I think there is a crisis in fact but of course people think of a crisis for example like what's going on in Afghanistan at the moment something which comes out of the blue and is very severe whereas, whereas the, the housing shortage yes it is severe and is it a crisis well it depends on what you mean by a crisis I think it is frankly but uh, there, there are certainly not enough dwellings for families in Jersey. It's, it's, it's that simple, really. Some people believe that the root of the issue is the fact that there are too many people in the island. Others seem to believe that we just need to build more homes. In your experience, uh, what is the root of, the, of this crisis? Uh, well, the population of the island has pretty much doubled since the early 1960s. So um, it, it's a, quite a big achievement to keep pace with, with that population growth. On the other hand, people who are living here and raising families here should have somewhere to live. Jersey is an affluent island and it's underfunded social housing provision for many years. Even when we were running big surpluses in, in, in finance, uh, the, the amount of money that was devoted to social housing provision or even social housing upkeep in the case of the housing department was very insufficient. and. The, the result of that is a, a, a housing crisis that we mentioned. So it seems to be both an issue of too many people on the island and not enough supply. Yeah, there was a feeling, I think, over many years, if we built too many houses, we would suck in yet more immigrants. And it was seen as a way of keeping the population down, frankly, depriving them of somewhere to live. And um, I, I think it was a bad policy, if, even if it was a policy. It was certainly a feeling that was expressed to me many times. And um, I, I think um, in an affluent society, you should have good health and good education, which we do have, and you should have good housing. It's, it's a basic need and a right 
of, of families in the island who are, who are working, living here, and, and, and give, giving their contribution to, to the economy in the island. So everyone should have a home, frankly, and a lot of people in Jersey don't have a home. The housing minister recently released his action plan to kind of tackle that issue. Um, and some have criticized it as lacking tangible actions because um, a lot of it is mentioning we're planning on uh, doing a survey or doing, um, I don't know, research and, and such and such. Um, what is your personal opinion of the, of the plan? Do you think it will um, achieve any tangible change in the current situation? Um, if the plan is implemented, Although I'm concerned about the time frame of the plan, the, the, the need is immediate and a lot of the solutions are, are readily available and, and understood. But nevertheless, if the plan is implemented, obviously it'll help on the supply side. Uh, I think it's not as ambitious as it should be. And um, I don't think it addresses certain issues. For example... Um, People are excluded from registering for housing need because of the strict criteria that's um, operated by the Affordable Housing Gateway. The gateway is how people register their need for a home, and a lot of people simply can't do that because they're not allowed to. So we don't really know how many people really are in need of housing. In addition to uh, changing criteria for the gateway, what else would you have wanted to see in the plan? Well, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's money. If you spend enough money, you can resolve the problem. Um, you need, obviously, good cooperation between state departments, ministers. Um, for example, on the planning side, um, you, you need... a um, planning minister and ministry that, that uh, provides the necessary sites. There are a lot of sites still in Jersey. They don't all have to be greenfield sites. Um, can I just give you an example? When, when the waterfront was first proposed, the whole idea of it was this would be land for housing and that we wouldn't need, therefore, to be building on greenfield sites. And then halfway through the project someone decided we should have an international finance center and that took the place of a lot of housing provision and so instead of building in houses on the waterfront we're converting redundant offices now in into um, accommodation that's not really suitable for parents and children and cars and and, and all the requirements of, of, of a home so i think we, the island got that wrong There was no need to put a, um, a finance centre on the waterfront. It, it could have been located in town, um, put around, say, the state's offices. Um, but it didn't happen. That, I mean, that's all history. But that just shows that housing has never been a high priority uh, of, of successive governments over many years. I think that's a criticism that has been done by um, the general population, but also some of the state's members that are not necessarily uh, ministers or in posi or have position within the government. They, they believe that there is no actual will to sort the issue and that all mm. they do in the meantime is make up plans and discuss the issue, but they're not actually taking action. So is that your feeling as well? Well, we've had report after report over many, many years. Um, at the moment, provision of housing as, as a government um, system operation is very fragmented. Um, you, you've got a housing minister, you, you've got the, the strategic housing unit, 
let's see, you, you've got the Housing Policy Development Board now, which was a board set up by the previous minister to, to investigate the whole problem. Um, you've got um, various committees with housing in their name, or, or, or ministries, housing and environment and so on. Um, and um, planning seems to have an awful lot to say about the kind of usage that, that housing developments should have and so on. That The whole thing is very fragmented. And in my view, the housing minister doesn't really have a workable department with a, with a chief officer and a proper functioning um, department that, that would be um, centralising the, the provision of housing and, and, and developing a policy to achieve that. One of the other things missing from the plan is the mention of housing trusts, uh, which of course you're part of. What, what kind of role do you think they have to play? I think the housing trusts have shown in the past that they can develop um, very good social rented housing and they offer a, a, a very useful alternative to the provision that Andean homes make. Now, let me make it clear, I, I've got great admiration for Andean, how they've um, transformed um, their, their own housing stock and their ambitious development plans. And, um, you know, I take my, my hat off to them and I wish them every success. But I also feel that housing trusts can make a big contribution as well. They have in the past. For example, the Jersey Homes Trust now has um, close to a thousand units. Um, 25 years ago, when I was asked to set the trust up by the housing president, we started with nothing. We had no money, n n no land. We had nothing at all. And we had to borrow over 100 million pounds to finance the development of, of, of those, that, those homes. And now we manage them as landlord. But we're ambitious to do more, and, and we've got the skills, and we've got the track record. We can raise the finance. So we need to work with government. Government needs to work with us in partnership to achieve, our, to, so that we can make our contribution to this, this housing crisis. One point that is quite clear to make is that housing trusts are not in competition at all with Andium. You provide something different. Is, it, is, is that correct? Uh, something very similar. Uh, I think we're, we're on the same page as Andium. There's no need for a sense of competition at all. Um, and, and I think there's mutual respect between managing director of Andium and, and the chairman of the housing trusts. We, we, we meet occasionally to discuss um, mutual objectives and so on. Um, and we have to be very careful about competition because there's competition law, so, so, so we, we mustn't collude in, in development opportunities. But having said that, um, we, we, we occupy the same place, really, uh, and, and we want to achieve the same thing, which is to um, give good quality, decent, affordable accommodation to, to people in need in Jersey. And we won't achieve that until we widen the criteria for entrance into the, um, the gateway because um, a lot of people who should be helped are excluded at the moment. They're excluded from help and they're excluded from being counted. They're unknown and they either have to live with in-laws or parents or, or, or leave the island if they can't find something that, that they can rent. So um, there's, there's a lot of young couples who really, really should be helped. Going back to the idea of um, working in partnership with the government, um, what kind of um, support would housing trusts need to be able to um, have a bigger impact in addressing the housing crisis? What, what do you need? Is, well, is it land? Is it money? Yeah, well, land is, land is the big thing. And in the past, um, the trust 
was able to acquire um, land that was previously owned by the states. Some of the land we were able to pay for be because the, the schemes were quite, quite viable. Uh, other schemes, we needed the land and a capital subsidy as well to make the scheme viable. Um, and we, we had a good working relationship with the housing department of the day and the, the sites would come our way. Um, we would have to then negotiate with bankers to arrange the, the, the bulk of the finance and, and um, architects and construction companies and all the rest of it. So it, at one time, we had five major schemes being developed all at the same time in, in the island. So, so it, 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 it was... Um, we, we were at the sharp end of, of things at the day. Uh, um, the housing department had run out of money, the states had run out of money, and the trust was looked on as the means by which um, f loans could be taken out that weren't on the state's balance sheet. Um, we, and we had the backing of the states and some subsidies as well, and, and some of those subsidies were, were quite large, and the whole thing was a really great success. So it was a partnership. Um, we couldn't have done it without state support, and the states certainly couldn't have done it on their own because they, they, they weren't able to borrow the money. So it worked well, and I don't see why um, it shouldn't work well in the future. We're financially now in a, in a much better situation. Um, we've um, repaid more than half our debt, and uh, we're able to talk to bankers now with a strong balance sheet and raise further finance if we can get hold of the land. There's quite a lot of state's land which is um, being discussed and some of it will be made available for housing um, development. We would hope to contribute to that activity. You mentioned that the partnership uh, worked well in the past. So, so what has happened since then for that to break down in, in a way? When we'd been going for about 15 years, we started in 1995. So around about 2010, the decision was taken to not support further housing development whilst the whole situation of social housing was um, looked into, investigated, and um, a, a report was done by a, a UK academic. And during that time, there was no housing, social housing development at all, for about six years, in fact, which was a, a, a really a terrible shame because that's where a lot of the crisis really comes from. Um, the, the outcome of that was the housing department was transformed into Andium Homes. Up to that time, the housing department um, basically had to pay nearly all the rents they collected to the states. They didn't have enough money even to do refurbishment of their own stock, which was getting very, very run down. Um, and um, it was felt that if Andium could be formed, which is very much like a housing trust in effect, but it's owned by the states. Um, that could solve a lot of the problems. And, and so as it pr it's proved. So Andium transformed, um, the housing department transformed themselves into Andium, and Andium now take on major developments, some of it with loans from the states and some of it from, from the banks in, in, in exactly the same way as, as Jersey Homes Trust did before. So Andium now occupy that sharp end, if you like, which the Jersey Homes Trust previously did, and, and to some extent the other housing trusts as well. I, I, I mustn't forget that they've made a really good contribution as well. But there's no need for Andium to do everything, and um, I, I don't think there would be any reluctance on the part of Andium to see the housing trusts um, 
carrying some of the load as well. And when we do that, of course, we're, we're saving manpower and um, other costs, which, which ultimately fall back on, on, on either on Andium and the state. So um, it's a working relationship that, that is now fractured in a way, but we would like to see it restored. Obviously, you mentioned yeah, Andrew has, has quite a heavy workload, and I think there were um, talks um, earlier in this year in the assembly that um, maybe reducing the kind of money that they give back to the states would enable them to have more projects. Um, obviously, that was turned down. Um, do you think that would have been a good a good way in into addressing the issue? Well, I think there's discussion about rental levels and whether trust should be charging up to ninety percent of market rental. I would say, first of all, the Jersey Homes Trust is nowhere near that. We're, we're un, under 80% in, in most cases. And of course, a lot of Andium rentals historically are much lower, um, more like 50-60% of market. But of course, on their new developments, they rely on 90% of market to, to make those schemes viable. If the states, in their wisdom, decide um, that 80% of market rent should be the maximum and personally I wouldn't argue with that as, as, as a fair and proper policy and that in fact that's a policy that's um, utilized in, in the United Kingdom on new, new affordable rentals in the in the UK then I think the states would have to allow Andium to keep a higher level of their rentals than they do at the moment um, uh, otherwise um, the, the new schemes that Andium are doing just won't be viable so it's a complex situation, but I think, you know, we, if people's hearts are in the right place and social housing is seen as, as um, a necessary and vital social um, obligation of, of the states, then Andrew should certainly be allowed to keep more of their, their rental receipts. The, the target for Andrew is to build um, 1,500 homes before 2025. Do you believe that's enough? Uh, no, and I don't think Andrew do either. So what do you think that target should be then? Well, to some extent, uh, we don't really know because the way the affordable housing gateway is structured, and I'm not criticising the gateway, it's very well run. It's basically a waiting list that, that um, is utilised by all, all the social housing providers. We, drew, we draw all our tenants from that list and, and obviously the people most in need are the people that we try to help first of all. Having said that, a lot of people are not allowed to register their housing need with the gateway. And so we don't know how many those, uh, of those people there are. Um, I would guess maybe two or 3,000. And so 1,500 homes by 2025, it's, it's a very good, ambitious program, but we should be doing an awful lot more than that. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for listening. You can find the Bedwick podcast in all the usual pod places, and don't forget to like and share. The music at the beginning and end of this podcast is I Shift My Weight by Lunar. Tune in next week for more.